0: You're listening to the big show on the official home of your Calgary Flames Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It is September the 12th. That means that we are what, less than a month away from the Oilers or the Flames season debut, their first game. Yeah, October the 11th. They're going to be hosting the Jets. Look at that, eight o'clock start on a Wednesday.
1: Woo! (laughs) I'll
0: be there. No, it's a seven o'clock start, isn't it? Eight o'clock. It's a double. Jets. I think it's a doubleheader. Pretty sure. I think it's seven o'clock right here.
1: Oh well. Seven's okay.
0: We've been having some trouble with our start times here. Uh turned out earlier the times that I was thinking of were pregame skate times <laughs> for the guys every, ah, when they get to Pentagon. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no. 8 30 start makes a lot more sense <laughs> Friday, Saturday <laughs> rather than eleven forty five in the
1: morning. And we're like uh just uh nine days away or sorry, eleven days away from the uh the preseason getting underway at ten oh five PM Uh, in Melbourne, Australia, (laughs) at the Rod Laver Arena between the Kings and Coyotes. (laughs) Can't wait.
0: I do love me the Global Series preseason games that nobody watches. Woo! Hockey Uh, roos! Yeah, the hockey (laughs) roos. Development camp is here, or prospect training camp is here for the Flames. Development camp happens during the summer. Uh, Thursday, they have a 10 a.m. session at Winsport. They've got, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it is... 20 players that are here for uh, the camp right now. They'll play. They, they have their Thursday session at Windsport. Then they'll hop on a, a bird or a bus. They'll get out to Penticton. I hope a bird. I would hope a bird, uh, but you never know. Games Friday, uh, Saturday, and Monday. Sunday, they just have a practice. This roster is definitely highlighted by the two first-round picks, that being Matt Coronado and Samuel Honzik. You look through over the last four draft years, the Flames are going to be pretty well-represented uh, from the 2020 draft, their second-round pick, Yann Kuznetsov, their third-round pick, Jeremy Poirier. Both played with the Wranglers full-time last season. Rory Cairns who was a sixth-round pick, still in the organization from 2020. He's going to be at this camp. Matt Coronado headlines the 2021 class. He was the 13th overall selection. William Stromgren, who I'm actually quite interested to see. A guy who was a second-round pick in that same draft. He was 45th overall, but he's been playing overseas since He's coming over. He's going to be part of the camp. He's actually played a couple of AHL games at the end of last season with the Wranglers, too. So that's going to be a fascinating one to watch. Lucas Siona, who we talked about a little bit earlier on. He was the captain of the Seattle Thunderbirds. He was a sixth-round pick in 2021. He's going to be at this tournament. 2022, the uh, the Flames only had three draft picks that year. Of those three, only Parker Bell, the fifth-round pick at 155th overall, is going to be here. And then from the most recent draft, we talked about Samuel Honzik. Also going to be at the camp is Etienne Moran, second-round pick, 48th overall. And Jaden Lipinski, who is a fourth-round pick and plays with Honzik out out in the WHL with uh, the Vancouver Giants. Mm -hmm. So those are the draft picks that are going to be there. Um, Obviously, the big ones, Coronado, Honzik, I think Moran and Stromgren, kind of some sneaky storylines there. And then what is the step going to be for Kuznetsov and Poirier this season? Are they going to be? Because Kuznetsov wasn't necessarily a full-time AHL guy last season. Mm -hmm. He started, but then he kind of got taken out of the lineup at some points. He wasn't playing in the postseason. Poirier different. He's going to be a full-time AHL -er, Mm or maybe a top pair, definitely a top four type of guy. Down with the Wranglers this season. And I do wonder if injuries start to happen if mm-hmm. he's a guy that First does get a up. call up here, yep. right? Um, any of those names kind of pique your interest of the 10 drafted players that we're going to see at camp this week? Uh, before we get into that, I also
1: want to mention Tyson Galloway is also invited. He was yeah, fifth, a yeah, fifth rounder from St. Louis, former hitman. Didn't get signed this past year with the Blues. He finds his way into Flames camp. So there's two former hitmen, uh, I guess current hitmen uh, in, in all of our talk. Uh uh, William Strongren's uh, one that uh, that obviously stands out is a guy that maybe maybe is a little disappointed with the way his development has gone to start we'll see what happens when he gets over to the North America style of game that's a name that, that would be interesting jaden Lipinski was a really was a really good draft pick i thought uh, skilled guy just a guy. nightmare to play yeah, against like I, just a,
0: an absolute pain in mm-hmm. the ass in the whl yeah,
1: i think a guy that could eventually make his way and be on this team down the line like it, it's it was a, it was a good draft i thought for the flames from a standpoint of, of filling out needs and getting bigger and skilled in positions where they lacked and, and that that came with the first round pick with Sam Honzik obviously with his shot, his skill, his size and that was the big thing that that Craig Conroy and the staff talked about when they drafted him but uh, Stromgren's one I I, I looked out to and obviously Etienne Moran, I think this was mm-hmm. a guy that obviously is an offensive defenseman that needs to learn a little bit more in the defensive side of game as he starts to to age out and he still has some junior hockey left in him but once he gets to the, the pros in the AHL he's going to have to play against big bigger size guys and maybe has to get a little bit better in his own end. So I'm looking forward to see how he plays defensively a little bit this weekend. Cause I think that was a super, super good pick there in the second round getting Marin. great skater, not the biggest guy listed yeah. six foot a buck 80. We don't know if he's, I don't think he's ever going to be a great defensive defenseman. I think this guy is going to be, he's going to score. He's going to be a power play type guy. He's going to get, you know, he's going to break out plays. He's going to get you, get the puck deep and whatnot. We'll see. I want to see how he can round out defensively playing against other NHL prospects, getting into an NHL style of game, uh, obviously, with, with what they play in uh, differently from what they had out in Moncton. He's a Wildcat, I believe.
0: Yeah, he yeah. was a Wildcat, yeah. played in the same organization that uh, Jacob Pelletier played in before he left the yeah. queue. Uh, Moran and Jeremy Ploie, actually from the same, born in the same town. Nice. Uh, just finding out right now. salaberry be- de Valley, Quebec. Maybe they're a pair. I, I,
1: doubt I doubt it. I don't see that. I doubt it. I feel yeah. like
0: they yeah. kind of project as <laughs> very similar style yeah. of players. Yeah. Uh, maybe put them both on the power play. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Moran had 21 goals last season led all defensemen in the queue his 72 points was third amongst all defensemen he also had 17 points in 12 playoff games and then the other player that you had mentioned there was uh, William Stromgren who listen this is a guy who bounced around a lot last year he's Mm -hmm. got a little bit more size playing on the left wing he's listed at 6'3 195 pounds. Last season the majority of his playing time was in the SHL the you know the adult league yeah. in Sweden playing with Brynäs uh 45 games he had 8 points 3 of them goals had 5 games in the playoffs as well had a single point there probably wasn't playing a ton over with the uh, the big club. He also had a couple of games playing in their junior ranks. Uh, he played two games in the AHL at the mm. end of the season. He played for Sweden at the World Junior Championship, where he only had one point, but was kind of more of a bottom-of-the-roster guy for Sweden, but still an, an important piece. He's someone to also keep an eye on here, like you mentioned. Um, the three players that were all in the AHL last year, Jan Kuznetsov, Jeremy Poirier, and Adam Klapka, They also have four players who played less than 10 games in the AHL, but kind of dipped their toe in. William Mm Strogrim would be one of them. Ilya Nikolaev, uh, forward Rory Karens and Parker Bell, a couple of other forwards for the team. And then you had mentioned a couple of hitmen on this group as Mm -hmm. well. Uh, Tyson Galloway, one of them was drafted by the Blues. Uh, They did not sign him. His rights expired. He's a free agent. Could be an overager this season in the WHL, but was with the Flames at their prospect camp, Oliver Tulk, who um, would be eligible for his second year of the draft coming up yep. this season, uh, also invited to the prospect camp.
1: Uh, the goaltending, uh, it's is kind of an unknown group, I think. like Connor Big Murphy time. is a guy that they signed, I believe, in July. Uh, he was a Union College guy. Yep. Uh, went to Northeastern as well. Uh, an older, 25 years old, so he's an older goalie prospect. guy that... Uh, maybe could be the backup uh, to whoever is the starter with the Wranglers, be that Dustin Wolf to start. Yeah, he feels
0: like an ECHL yeah. guy could because be. they did re sign. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his
1: name? The big net Oh, my God. Uh, Dansk. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Os- Oscar Dansk. Oscar Dansk. Yeah. He'd be the starter, oh, yeah, assuming Dansk. Dustin Wolf starts with, uh, with mm-hmm. the big club. Uh, so maybe Connor Murphy is the backup to him to at least start or find his way into the ECHL. Uh, I believe uh, uh, one of them is a draft pick. I think? No, I don't think any of them. None of them are the draft pick. Matt Radamski, he was a signing this summer. He was out of Alaska Fairbanks. Yeah, and uh, Yuri uh, Kikinen uh, played in Kelowna last season. One of seven
0: players who were in the dub last year. Uh, Kikinen, Quinn Mante played in Brandon, Parker Bell was with Tri-City, Siona is in Seattle, Honzik and Lipinski were both in Vancouver, and Nathan
1: Pilling started in Edmonton and ended the season in Moose Jaw. Interesting story with uh, Kikinen. Uh, That's a Finnish name, straight up. Uh, Guy's born in Lloyd Minster. Oh, yeah. So there you go. Uh,
0: <laughs> I think I actually knew that from doing uh, a Kelowna game last year. He's, uh, yeah, he's 19. He got the start in a game yeah. where Andrew Crystal was oh. uh, the big point of emphasis. Uh, of course, ended up going in the first round of the draft. Or no, second round of the draft.
1: They He only he got three playoff games uh, with Kelowna. They, he lost all three, so... It uh, wasn't the greatest year for for Kelowna this year. Well, was, they just snuck in. The yeah, playoffs. they just they snuck in. It was their a down doors year. Doors blowing off, if you will. <laughs> it was a down year in the the Rocket organization. But those are look at the goaltenders. Yeah, so.
0: seven players played in the dub last year. Three played in the Q. Three played in the NCAA. Three played in the O. Three played in the A. Uh, It's a little bit of everything, a mixed bag here at Flames Prospect Camp. As we mentioned, they're going to start on Thursday with uh, their one session here in Calgary at Winsport. I should mention as well, Matt Coronado is going to be on the station this afternoon. I believe 3.30 is is when he is going to be joining uh, Pat and Wes for a little bit of a chat and a preview of how camp is expected to go for him. Uh, I have three questions that I want to ask you timeline related as we kind of are starting to get into the heat of things here with the hockey season. Um, Number one, when will the flames name their captain? I
1: think it's going to be named on the eve of training camp. Like right before training camp th- officially opens I th- up, I, th- I think it's gonna be it would it would do maybe Ryan Huska or maybe maybe Huska wants to see how camp goes to maybe give him a final decision. But I think naming a captain ahead of time can just take away one piece of uh, of maybe some extra noise that would trickle its way into camp. Maybe and it's like we're we gonna name a captain. Maybe they do it before the season. Who knows? But I think if I wanted to do it, I wanted to name it before training camp. Everybody's here. You you set the tone early. From the first day of practice, be it whoever the hell you name, I think if I was naming the captain, I would do it the day before training camp.
0: Like, the thing is, you don't necessarily need to go through training camp to understand who it's going to be mm-hmm. because everybody's been here last year. Yep. Because it's not going to be Yegor Govish. No. Shocker. <laughs> Hot take. But he's not going to be named the captain.
1: Apart no. from that, Ryan Huska and Craig Conroy have a lot of experience they, with a lot of these they have, guys. They know what these guys can bring. Yeah, they know what they are, and I think we—they have a good pool of candidates p- to pick from. I think there's—I think we're probably kicking around two names. I think right now, and if, if I'm going to say them, I think you're probably going to be on the same page. I don't think it's going to be Rasmus Anderson or Mackenzie Weeger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're both good picks. I think those certainly. Are- those would be the ones, just because we know, obviously, Backlund's status is is an unknown going forward. That would be a logical pick for the C if he had a couple more years under him. The other two uh, I would have said is him and Lindholm, but yeah, same okay. deal with Lindholm. Yeah, and I think you know Lindholm. And I don't
0: necessarily know if that's a, the bill, and I don't know, maybe
1: like like I don't know if if something Lindholm wants. I think everybody would want to wear a C, but I think for 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 what it is, a, a young defenseman taking the next step forward each year, and we have seen he's a Flames draft pick. He's Grown and developed here, Rasmus makes so much sense. Mackenzie Weger out of all that nonsense last summer, he's been positive for the most part. Uh, he's he's felt uh, rejuvenated there at the back half of last year. I feel like he's taken another step forward. That he can be another leader wearing a wearing a letter. I know Pat and uh, uh, Vickers kicked it around a couple weeks back. Like, do you do? Uh, maybe not so much with the C but with the A's road home split type thing Big time. Oh yeah, yeah they're like, going to have probably five different guys yeah, that'll wear like, letters over the like course of the season. rotating captains. I mean, it wouldn't they really, they won the Cup in 89 with rotating captains. Yeah, it's so fine. It, it's not it, it wouldn't surprise me. Like it, it's rare I don't know nowadays. if you rotate the captain. Yeah, it's but rare you don't see it as much home nowadays. Home road alternates for sure. For the A's, yeah, for sure. But I think those are the two names and uh if it's before training camp, if it's before the season whatever like you said, they know what they have with these guys. There's there's no new blood. It's guys that have been through the battles here with, with the old regime and looking to start anew. I think if you're looking for those candidates, those would be the two guys. When will Matt Coronado play his first game as a flame this season? October 11th. Game
0: one, making the team. Yep. Starting on the roster. Yep. You said that no no questions
1: no asked. No questions asked. Like this is a team that's gonna have to rely going forward here with younger guys contributing on on cheaper contracts. Obviously, with with once you're gonna have to figure out what you're gonna have to pay Lindholm, Hubertos big money clicks in, you're paying Kadri a ton, you're gonna have to spread the money around until you know what is gonna happen with the cap. I think Matthew Coronado just injects so much more excitement into this group. We talked about it all at the end of last year. When's he going to get in? When's he going to get in? And I know the games mattered at the end, but would it have hurt if he played a little bit more than just the last one that didn't really matter against San Jose? So I think he's going to be playing there opening night. He's going to have every opportunity to earn a top six role in this team. Uh, Who knows, could be starting top six opening night. I don't know, but he is that type of player. He's got the skill and the ability. It's been a while since the Flames can pin a guy that like, yeah, Dylan Dubé fought for a job, but he wasn't in the lat top echelon type player. Matthew Coronado can be that top echelon type guy. Maybe not a a superstar, an elite player, but a a contributing top six guy. I think he's going to make the team opening night. And as we currently see the Flames roster constructed, uh, Craig
0: Conroy has mentioned this before when kind of talking about past teams. um, I don't know if
1: they're going to bring in any PTOs right like you'd figure they'd be named by they'd be starting to sign here in the next week or so you see a couple teams signing them. but but i know that craig conroy is not overly no. eager of a guy
0: on a pto that he doesn't actually believe is going to make the roster unless there's He's injuries not, he doesn't like the he, the he did the one press conference then he kind of talked about it and it does not sound like he was on board with mm-hmm. bringing in guys like Sonny milano mm-hmm. for a pto no, that in
1: fact w- he actually called that one out by name that if was I'm not mistaken that was totally the prior regime, not trusting the younger guys to earn a job. Yes. This guy played in the NHL last year. He contributed. He, he's, he, can, he can score. No, he left Calgary. He actually did play pretty well. I think he ended up in Washington. I think he had a decent season, actually, yeah, he once he got you. there. But, like, this is a team that has relied on PTOs a little bit too much, I think, over the past few years. And maybe, like, expecting them to contribute when they're a PTO for a reason, man. They weren't signed on July 1st for a reason. <laughs> I tell
0: you what, as soon as Michael Stone announced his retirement, I was like,
1: "No more PTOs, no more We're PTOs. We're done with
0: PTOs. We're not bringing back Stoner. That, like, We're went,
1: done. It's weird that he was even a PTO because I don't think he, like, I don't think any other team attempted to sign well, him. Well, he went. <laughs> Traded for multi-year deal, one-year deal,
0: one-year minimum league, or yeah. league minimum, and then PTO. Yeah, like just, it was just like every year like, we're like we're just taking a little, just take a little bit less money and you work from that you. That much harder. That's all. That you want doing. a job?
1: We'll make you a full-time yeah. employee. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's uh, I think Coronado. He, you want if you're a Flames fan, you almost want and need Coronado in the top to, to make this team opening night.
0: We're live in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Are you worried about Radon? We install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To find out more, visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. Yes, camp gets underway on Thursday for the prospects. they got a big golf tournament coming up on Wednesday. Going to be a lot of fun. Flame season is around the corner. So many questions surrounding this team. And sooner rather than later, hopefully, we'll have some answers. Around the corner, Ben Shulman will join us. Blue Jays, play-by-play. Talk about the uh, opener against the Rangers and how these next three games have to go. And really, how these next six series have to go. It's next. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Welcome back to the show. Uh, ben Shulman is on the line. Blue Jays play-by-play. We'll get to him in literally one second. But first, in the break, a team announced a captain. Oh. We were literally <laughs> just talking about this in the morning report. But the Winnipeg Jets have named a captain. And you said it was going to be Josh Morrissey, Everybody and you were wrong. What the hell? Who is it? You have to guess right
1: now. Brandon Dillon? No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brandon Dillon.
1: Come on now. I'm trying to think. He's a forward. He's a forward. Mm-hmm. Didn't name Ehlers the captain. No.
0: No, he's not an offensive guy. Heart and soul guy. Oh, it's Adam Lowry. It's Adam Lowry. Calgary. Another Calgary. Your new Jets
1: captain. That makes sense. You like that? Yeah. Yeah? I like that. It was either going to be Morse or Lowry. Lowry is that, is, that is a good pick. That's like a Boone Jenner type of
0: captain. Yeah. Except I kind of like. Like when your third liner's the captain,
1: your third line center is the captain. Love it. Yeah? Yeah. I like that. That's great. That's very Jetsy. That's very Jetsy. That's very gritty.
0: Uh, That's a good pick. Yeah. We'll discuss more a little bit later on. Maybe we'll ask Matt Marchese about it. He is the host of Fan Checkdown on Sportsnet Radio Network, but also uh, does a whole bunch of stuff with uh, Merrick's show during the hockey season. But let's go down the Alice Pizza and Sports Bar guest hall and chat with Ben Shulman. Ben, apologies for that. Uh, How do we find you on this lovely Tuesday?
2: Uh, Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. No apologies. That's uh, that's big news. And uh, I'm doing well. It is pretty brutal weather right now in Toronto. It's kind of coming down pretty badly. But other than that, I'm doing really well.
0: Now that's got to be the reason for yesterday's result against the Rangers, right? Like we we got to have something to blame this on, and we're going to go with weather. I think that's a good play.
2: Yeah, you know it, it doesn't matter that the <laughs> roof can close and can open whenever we need it <laughs> to. It, it's the feeling you get. No one's no one's in the mood when the weather isn't going well, or when they know the weather's going to be bad the next day. So yeah, they figured let's save it one day and and really get it going on day two.
0: It's tough looking back at that game. Um, Chris Bassett's been dynamite lately. When he got eight innings strong? His last two starts leading into yesterday. But this one was uh, a bit of a bumpy ride. Where did this not go right for Chris Bassett? Did you feel like it was early on or, or what did you see from the starter?
2: I didn't know that it was going to go necessarily as sideways as it did, but early on with the walks, you definitely felt a bit uncomfortable. I I, I think that that's been as some of the of the Blue Jays starters really haven't pitched poorly, but because they were so good for so long, have just taken minor steps back recently. I I think that the walks have been a big part of it, and it, it's really tough for for anyone to pitch around leadoff walks and or you know crucial walks. I think that you know he also kind of gave away his first run. He's a really smart guy, but he got goaded a little bit into stepping off the mound for the third time in one plate appearance and kind of just handed the Texas Rangers a lead when they didn't need one. So it just looked a little bit off from the start and uh, the bullpen certainly did not do him any favors either.
0: Yeah, it certainly didn't Cabrera giving up the grand slam a little bit later on. I just wonder with Bassett when things don't go right, because he has so much going on with all the different pitches and, He's shaken off Kirk a whole bunch yesterday especially you know after he'd given up a couple of runs there. I just wonder if there's so much going on that sometimes when things don't go his way early on it tends to kind of teeter. And if the Jays don't make 3 double plays, he probably doesn't even get to the 5th.
2: Yeah, I mean there is, you know, certainly it's it's one of the most complicated if not the most complicated pitch mix in all of baseball. He essentially throws every type of fastball, every type of breaking ball, and, and both off-speed pitches that are thrown in baseball and the changeup and an occasional splitter that you don't really see all that often. I do think there's a lot to think about on the mound for him and the fact that he calls his own pitches has to, or not all the time, but does it pretty often, has to go through you know just so many different ideas. And I, I think that he, you know, this year it's been shown that he struggled a bit against left-handed hitting, too. So he, he's got a super lefty heavy lineup. He's got a try and get maybe even a little more complicated than usual to try and figure out how he's going to get those guys out. And it's just, it, it didn't really go his way. I, I think that you were right, you know, off the top, he did have a couple of good starts in a row. And this is, you know, despite the struggles, I, I think still a really talented Texas Ranger team and not an easy team to pitch to, but it, it did look like, uh you know it was getting away from him pretty early there and and, it, and he was a part of one of those double plays which I always love when the pitcher yeah. does come over and cover first base like that but yeah I mean he you know there was some good defense to keep it out what it was frankly I, I thought that there was some sloppiness for the Blue Jays in some areas yesterday I don't think defense was one of them it could have been even worse had they not been uh, so solid defensively in the infield
0: where are you at on Bassett fitting into a rotation in a three-game series
2: I think right now I would go Gosman, Barrios, Kikuchi. If you made me pick, um, I, I think that there's an interesting wrinkle though, where you look at who are you facing. If it's a team that has a ton of left-handed hitting, Kikuchi makes a lot of sense. He's a hard-throwing left-handed starter, and Bassett struggles against lefties. If it is a team that's incredibly righty-heavy, I wouldn't be like absolutely shocked if they said, hey the right-handed starter who dominates right using Chris Bassett is a better matchup than a guy like Kikuchi is. But I, I think we can't ignore uh, what Kikuchi has done over the course of this season. That being said, Kikuchi hasn't had a great three starts in a row, but assuming that doesn't spiral into something more, I, I think right now I would put Kikuchi in that third spot. And that's less of an indictment on Bassett as it is frankly, just a compliment to this entire rotation where for the four guys that have been in there all season, they've all been really good. And I think most teams would be comfortable with all of those guys starting playoff games for them, but they just have, uh, you know, four guys right now, really for three spots.
1: Uh, ben, the Jays uh, with last night's loss, they fall five games below 500 against teams with winning record. Now only the Yankees, are the only team on the schedule that are below 500 the rest of the way. How concerned are you when you see a stat like that? They're 38 and 43 against teams below 500, but 40 or, or uh, above 500, but 42 and 21 against teams below them. Of course you want to see them beat the teams below them, but how concerning is that stat when you see like, hey, we got to deal with a good Texas Rangers squad, you got a pesky Red Sox team coming in over the weekend, and then you got two series with the Yankees and Rays obviously to close it out. Just how concerning is that stat?
2: It's a it's definitely concerning. I do you know I don't have the math in front of me. I do wonder how much the season series just with the Baltimore Orioles affects that number. Mm. To be honest, like the Blue Jays have matched up so terribly with the Orioles. They ended the season with what two wins or three three wins? I think it was actually, three, yeah. uh, in thirteen games against Baltimore. So if you take that three and ten out, they're at least a, a you know a solid team against above 500 teams, and yeah. uh, they have definitely had their struggles against the division this year. That's typically been Baltimore and Boston more than it's been Tampa Bay and New York, but it is it is a tough schedule, and I, and I think there's certainly concern with that. They just got through the easiest stretch they had all season, and they're going to have to be good teams, starting with this Texas Rangers team, who's back in the playoff picture now because of Seattle's loss yesterday. They have to be good teams, so it, it's concerning, but if they can't beat Above five hundred teams consistently, they probably don't deserve to be in the playoffs. At the end of the day,
1: yeah. And and tonight uh, they get a, a future Hall of Famer. They have to go up against in Max Scherzer. How well, do how do you, you want to approach a guy like Max Scherzer? Obviously, coming from a tough situation with the Mets uh, this earlier this year. And I haven't really, I'll be honest, I haven't watched a ton of Max Scherzer Texas Rangers starts. But how do you think the Jays can approach a guy like him tonight to maybe get out ahead, and get a lead for Hyunjin Ryu? As you know, as we know, he only goes five innings, and you obviously want to have a lead when you get. To the bullpen
2: yeah I, I think one big thing is actually something that they've done pretty well recently buck martinez had mentioned it a couple times on the the television broadcast yesterday uh but, you know take your walks against scherzer he is a, a mm-hmm. little bit more walk happy than he used to be uh and i'm not i'm not 100 sure the reason why like like you i, I have not especially when he was on the mets i didn't watch every max scherzer start but He is more prone than usual to giving up free passes. I'm still not sure that Scherzer is necessarily the easiest guy to string hits together against. I mean, the Houston Astros did really get to him last time, but they killed every pitcher that they saw in that Texas series. So I think if you can let Scherzer beat himself a little bit, then you're waiting for the big hit to come when you can walk a guy or two on base. But at least the good news for the the Blue Jays is the Rangers have lost three out of the last four or starts. He was really good at the end of August against Minnesota, but outside of that, uh, they have not won a lot of starts, despite him pitching even pretty well in them, because their bullpen, if it's a tight game, unlike it was yesterday, uh, has had uh, a lot of trouble holding leads.
0: Not a great game for Blatty yesterday. Uh, strikes out three times and four at-bats. What have you seen from him of late? Is there anything that you've seen that maybe gives you a a positive feeling about him getting back to the batter that we're used to seeing? Because it hasn't been terrible, but it's just not Vladdy.
2: Yeah, I mean, for a lot of September, it was starting to look a a lot better, I thought. I mean, the pitch selection, I think, has been really solid. Still in the month of September, he's walked more than he struck out, and that includes his three strikeouts yesterday. So going into yesterday's game, he had seven walks, only three strikeouts in a month. Uh, you know, multiple hits in a lot of games and some extra base hits like the one against Kansas City, the double or the homer in Colorado. Um, but I, I think that, you know, yesterday he really got beat on on pitches that he was getting beat on for a lot early this season. I mean, the slider of Dane Dunning, he just could not time up or, or really locate, it seemed. I mean, there was – I think it was the second at bat where Dunning threw – two sliders, uh, you know, out of the zone, both swings and misses, but then he threw a third one and he actually missed in the zone. Like that's a, that's a Vladdy Homer pitch, I think on the best of days, but he swung right through it. And, and uh, you know, maybe it's just that things were going a bit well and, and this is going to be an off day and he comes back and looks better today. I mean, it's tough to say that against a guy like Max Scherzer, but it it does just feel like all season he hasn't been seeing the baseball uh, the way that he had in, in, you know, some previous years, and especially, Two years ago, you know, we are only two days removed from him taking multiple walks. Maybe he'll get right back to it, but for him, I think it's a lot about not chasing and and making the right swing decisions, and that wasn't the case yesterday.
0: From what you've seen from Bo Bichette since his return, and and listen, he's been kind of in and out of the lineup doing some DH type of stuff, should we maybe temper our expectations for what Bo is able to do right now because it just doesn't feel like he's even close to 100%?
2: Yeah, I mean, he is 0 for 7 in the last two games, and it's interesting. Like, he, he came back two big hits against Kansas City, then they rested him for one day, uh, and he and he hasn't had a hit in the, in the last two games since then. I, I think it's probably unfair of us to expect Bo to be, like, full Bo right now, coming off two IL stints. Uh, and just getting your timing back, you know, is not an easy thing to do, let alone, you know, making sure that you feel okay after not a minor injury at all. So it, it probably, you know, It probably is fair to temper your expectations slightly. However, I don't think any of us will be shocked if Bo goes out today and he goes like three for four with a homer and two doubles. Just (laughs) because this guy can turn it on at any time, and with the year he's having, uh, you know, there's always at least a bit of an expectation that that he can completely dominate a game.
0: One other guy I wanted to ask you about, and I don't know how much longer he's going to be playing at third, because we did see a little bit of video of Matt Chapman kind of going through the bases or going through the motions at third base yesterday. During the broadcast, but Kevin Biggio has that great double play he sets up. He's played really well at third and occasionally comes through with a big hit. What have you made of his job filling in in Chapman's absence?
2: Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I, I tweeted it out yesterday, his play at third base, even even before we get to some of the offensive improvements, has been, I think, really impressive. Like, it was only a couple years ago that he was not looking like a very confident third baseman. They were much preferring Santiago Espinal in that spot, and, and he, you know, almost had that taken off of his, like, laundry list of positions that he was playing. It was really a lot of first, second, left, right for him because, you know, third base, it seemingly hadn't gone that well. And we even saw this year, I I think it was the Philadelphia series in the middle of August was really one of the first times we actually even saw him play at third base, which is a hundred games deep into the season. But all of a sudden he looks super confident. Like of all the guys who have gone over there between, him espinal clement and schneider i think defensively the best one at third has been cabin biggio and and you know i i think that he's always been a smart defensive player the play he made yesterday isn't unlike the play that he made in cleveland where he tagged the runner and ran to the bag at first uh for the double play but he just looks you know a lot more confident with his arm over there and I, i think a lot more decisive at one of the tougher defensive positions and then you add in the fact well, just in this month alone, he's hitting over 300. Uh, he's driven in seven runs, and he, ha- you know, he's played like six or seven full games and nine games total. Uh, he's walking a ton as usual. He really looks like he has found something here that makes him, you know, l- like you said, I, I don't think he's going to start over Matt Chapman, if I had to guess, uh, but I think makes him really valuable for this team off the bench this year once everyone's healthy and potentially pretty valuable for them next year as – You know, they have some openings coming up in both the outfield and the infield, and he's a guy who can fill a lot of different positions.
1: That's where I was going to go here. I was going to talk about the Buffalo 3 here in a second, but with Kevin Biggio, this is a guy that. You know he's worn it a lot, but John Schneider has trusted him and just stayed with him for so long here, and 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 now that you're you're seeing it pay through, it, could he be like? Obviously, I don't think I don't think the Jays are in the market to maybe resigning Matt Chapman next year. Obviously, with with what else they have to do, but who knows? But when you look at the three agents at third base, it ain't great. Is could Kevin Biggio be a legit option to open next year as the third baseman for the Jays?
2: I'd be surprised if they plan to play him like a hundred times. Like every days, day, pretty, yeah. Let's say. Yeah. But there is a possibility that they try and kind of piece it together a little bit. I mean, up until recently. They didn't use their bench a lot. A lot of times, you know, there's 26 guys on the major league roster. It felt like they were playing, you know, the other team was playing 26 and they were playing 24, especially mm-hmm. earlier in the year when they weren't playing guys like Lucas or Clement. And maybe, you know, you have Vigio, you have maybe Addison Barger or maybe Arelvis mm-hmm. Martinez or maybe Davis Schneider. And you're just kind of moving these guys around and playing matchups and, and you know, and, and you could sign you know, not like a block. There isn't a ton of blockbuster free agents this year, frankly, but maybe you sign like a Jamer Candelario or something like that. And he plays four days and you play Biggio one day and you, and you have Schneider there one day a week, but you have Schneider at second sometimes. So I I think that there's a really good chance he plays more Mm -hmm. third next year. I'm not sure he'd be the guy like penciled into the lineup every day to play third, but maybe he's, going to turn a little bit more into the Whit Merrifield type, where you can find him at a different spot each day, and that keeps him in the lineup four or five days a week.
1: No, like father, like son, I know Craig was a lot more behind the uh, behind the plate, but yeah, they they, they are ultimate utility guys there. Uh, just last one from yeah. me here, the Buffalo Three there, obviously led by Babe Schneider and what he's brought. Uh, do you think this can be sustainable? This could be like the David I'm not saying he's going to be a 1,300 OPS guy for his entire career, but do you think this guy could be like a guy like you know he was a 28th round pick like th- that round doesn't exist anymore in the major league draft like is this one that the jays they can pat themselves on the back like hey we don't have a great system but we found this guy and he can be a contributor every day for us going forward i,
2: I think that is certainly something that that's realistic like i think i think he's shown a definitely some potential here to be a valuable everyday player like you said is, is he going to be ted williams like i i wouldn't <laughs> bet on it <laughs> if i if i had i have it haven't seen that in a very long time yeah i mean certainly everyone would take it i'd love to see uh ted williams with a mustache and goggles. Sure. but i i think that you know someone called into jay's talk that i was hosting recently and mentioned like is is devin travis level um you know production reasonable I, you know barring the injuries obviously mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. hurt devin travis career i think that's fairly reasonable
0: Had a report yesterday from Ben Nicholson-Smith on Alec Manoa, probably done for the season. Uh, The 25-year-old last year was a Cy Young candidate, and this year just not a single thing has gone right, except for maybe that outing against the Tigers after he came back from a stint on the injured list. Um, How do you compare the two seasons that we've just seen from Alec Manoa, and do you believe that he can get back to what we saw the season prior?
2: Yeah, I mean it's you know it's like black and white. It's it's two of the most opposite seasons that that you could ever have back to back in a major league career. It goes from you know one of the greatest start seasons probably uh, at that age and at that experience level for a starting pitcher, it, certainly in Blue Jays history and probably in baseball history, to you know just not not pitching nearly well enough to even be on the major league roster. And I, I personally don't know exactly. Uh, what has gone on with with injuries or other things that have you know kept Alec Manoa from making you know starts in Buffalo? But I I, I believe that there is definitely a chance to get back there. I don't think that that many guys can like run into an ERA in the low twos and a a Cy Young finish at, you know, in their low twenties. I I do think that you have to have a certain measure of talent to be able to do that, but it does feel like right now, there's a lot of work to get back to that point. And at least I would think that a lot of Blue Jays fans would just be happy if next year, if he's a serviceable starter, and then you start to maybe, you know, get back on the road towards being the number one starter as the years go on.
0: It's going to be, Interesting to watch as we go down the stretch here. They've got six more series. they got three games left in the current one, taking on the Texas Rangers. Uh, where can we hear you, Ben, over the next little bit?
2: Uh, I, so I'm off for this series, but I'll be back doing uh, Jay's talk and, and some hosting during the game as well for the Boston series. So, uh, you know, as always, across the Sportsnet Radio Network on a 960 or 590 or wherever you uh, – listen to your games
0: love it also i did want to mention because i was perusing your twitter earlier uh you got up for 4:45 to watch canada usa hey oh
2: yeah well, oh yeah i mean i i'm a i'm a big canada basketball fan and they paid me off with an awesome game so that that was a ton of fun yeah that was a lot
0: of fun to enjoy well glad you got to enjoy it and teed off a lovely nfl sunday as well thanks for taking some time today ben enjoy this series we'll listen for you against the red Sox.
2: thanks so much guys and uh go pack go
0: Go, oh Go no way! Yeah, my boy Patty Duma across the table also a big Packers fan. That's a pretty good uh, first week you had there, Ben.
2: Oh, it was a huge week, huge week. I mean, it's the Bears; they always think, so it's fine. <laughs> Nine straight, like, uh, Ben. It's a huge week. Nine okay, straight. but how did you? Oh, yeah.
0: How did you feel about Aaron Rodgers yesterday?
2: Oh, I hate to see that. I, I'm still a big fan of Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. He was like the, the quarterback that I. Uh, that I watched the most success with. And, you know, for a while, the Toronto teams were not very good and the Packers were good. So I, I do hate to see that. I, I, you know, I've seen the reports. I'm sure it is as bad as they say, but I hope for him that it's it's not as bad as they say because he is a, a great quarterback.
0: Yeah, he's good for the league. And, man, the stories themselves, they just, uh, they write themselves. It's too bad. But alas, oh, yeah. the way the NFL goes, the damn turf. Uh, Thanks so much, Ben. Enjoy, man. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good one. There you go. Ben Shulman. Um, all sorts of stuff for the Jays, play-by-play, mm-hmm. hosting, Jays talk. Blue Jays cornucopia. Taking your calls, you name it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just spectating for the Jays in the Rangers series, though.
1: Hey, that's okay. He's going to get a big one there with the Red Sox on the weekend, and uh, which might worry me more. Why? Because of the Boston Red Sox. Even now, it worries you more? Alex Cora's Red Sox are a pesky group, and they love going into Toronto and messing things up for this Blue Jays group, especially this year after the Jays completely wiped them off the face of the earth last year. I would totally am worried about what the the Red Sox do. They got some young bats there that are swinging it as well. and Yeah, they're probably out of it, six out right now. Who knows what that series? Baseball's weird, man. They have a doubleheader against the Yankees. Exactly. Today. Last night was rained out, and uh, the Yankees are feeling it. Jason Dominguez, their hot prospect, torn UCL. Mm. They're probably done here. So mm.
0: that's too bad. Too bad. Everyone's just so sad of the Yankees losing this year. Hey.
1: Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Ooh.
0: Yeah, too bad.
1: Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. Mm, Very depressing.
0: Uh we are gonna get into the NFL story around the corner, Mm -hmm. though. Uh we're gonna talk a lot more about Aaron Rodgers. We're gonna talk a lot more about some of the other things in the NFL. Matt marchese from the Checkdown is going to join us around the corner. He will be on our airwaves at noon today yes, for will. the check down. Mm-hmm. Uh, also on the show today, we got or on the station today, we got Blue Jays Talk Plus. It's mm-hmm. going to be at 10 o'clock uh, as soon as uh, Big Show Mucho is done. Sportsnet today with logo goes from 1 to 3. And then we got Flamestock with Pat and West at 3 o'clock. Matt Coronado is going to join them for a... Uh, little conversation at 3.30. And it's Tuesday. Frank Cervalli will be on the program as oh, well. Oh, there you go. And that'll also preempt the Blue Jays and the Rangers at 5 o'clock. You can listen to it right here on Sportsnet 960, or you'll be able to watch it on Sportsnet West. Uh, ben joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Hour one of the big show up wherever you get your podcast, Google, Spotify, Amazon, you name it. Uh, and hour two is going to be up in about 20 minutes time. If you missed our earlier chat on the Flames prospect camp breakdown or our chat with Ben Shulman, that'll be up for you shortly. Uh, also, we open the show with, you know, just our thoughts on Monday in the morning reports. Mm-hmm. So you can go grab that if you so please. We'll take a break around the corner. We're talking more NFL. Matt Marchese joins the program. Sportsnet 960, the fan.